Love Talk Radio. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Hope everything is well. Today, me and Adam are going to be reviewing Niner's Cardinals and, of course, taking your phone calls and texts as well. The number to call in is 646-668-8467. The number to text into the show is 408-785-3015. But before we get started today, it's official. Niner Faithful Radio is on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio to check out the cool rewards you can get for as little as a dollar a month. That's patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio. Thanks for your support. Want to save on ticket purchases? Go to SeatGiant.com and use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio, all one word, and save as well as help the show out as well. The website again is SeatGiant.com and use the and use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio. As always, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Email me at NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com or message me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email for details. So we're going to go ahead and play the intro. We're going to try a little. Shut up. So as you can tell, I got my boys here with me today. We're going to go ahead and play the intro right now. I thought I'd just go ahead and uh, do the, the reads first. So we're going to go ahead and play the intro. If it will play. Go, 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 go
Five old rings, fuck your home team. My tailgate party is a red and gold thing. Bang, bang, nine a game. Yeah, ho, I'm faithful. That means if we lose, bitch, I still be grateful. Use a bandwagon rider. Always been a nine. Kings of the Bay, boy, call up side. Go back to the young Gary White. Gary Joe Montana riding light red and white. Mike represent for that black and brown power. We can't stay ready to kick off in an hour. Rolling up south, my team number one. Nine is five, lot of red and gold, we go dumb. We go dumb. Let us buy already go, 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 we go dumb. My interactions with Jed York is he's a guy who all he wants to do is win. Uh, he's tired of, um, you, know, some str- you know, strife and contention in the building. He wants harmony. Um, we can't beat around the bush. we got to get right to, do I want to work for these people? To me, um, that's an awesome deal. And I understand, and I think just from being around it, from being a football fan, from being up there and playing for Bill, being around Ronnie and feeling his presence to Tina Turner and Bill Ringwood on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises in football. And the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that, 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 that just got me. And so. Yeah. So, okay, everybody. Um, why don't we just go ahead and bring Adam on right now? What's up, Adam? How you doing, bro? Not too bad, my man. How you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Of course, as always, love having you on, bro. So yeah, so um, for just to, to kind of catch the listeners up, for those uh, I, I highly doubt anybody listening to this show doesn't know, but we lost yesterday, twenty-eight to uh, eighteen to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I was at the game. It was not a, you know, I was actually really pleasantly surprised how packed it was yesterday. It it was, I would say it's probably 80% full. I mean, it was, it was, there were very few, even the sun side of the stadium. That's what shocked me the most. I was sitting in 125. So, so to, um, to give the listeners, where uh, a viewpoint of where I was, I was in the section of the end zone where the Niners come out. So I, I was like, uh, this pretty much uh, the Niners come out between 125 and 126. So I, I was, I was, I was up towards the top of 125, but primo seats. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and share um, a picture of them to Niner Faithful Radio's Facebook and Twitter and all that soon as we're done to the show. But um, also, special shout-out. Thank you so much, Miss Debbie, for taking me yesterday. Uh, even though it wasn't the game we all suspected and wanted, I still, you know, appreciated and had a great time. So um, I wanted to start out the show today by how did you view the the first touchdown, the 75-yarder, the to um, uh, Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk? I mean, obviously, I just 
soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, somebody got caught slipping. And uh, unfortunately, after looking at the replay, yeah, Adrian Colbert definitely uh, definitely got caught slipping and was out of position. And uh, obviously that was that was enough pretty much to win the game for the Cardinals right there, unfortunately. You, you know what? It, it was weird because um, the play actually happened pretty much right in front of me. Um, I was able to see – I couldn't imagine a better view to see that particular play in the, in the stadium. It happened literally right in front of me. And as soon as I saw him bite on what I believe was a post, as soon as I seen him bite on it and I seen him, you know, uh, uh, Christian Kirk break up field, I said, oh, the only way this is not a touchdown is if it's overthrown. And as soon as it went into – I'm let's not – Let's not let's give praise where praise is due. Josh Rosen was highly inaccurate yesterday, but um, that was one of the very few times all game that 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 he actually caught somebody in stride and hit. And you know, fortunately for them, it 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 hit right away. But other than that uh, blemish, I mean, I was very satisfied with 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 the defense minus the pass rush. You know, our, uh, we only had, um, I wrote this stat down here, uh, three quarter, or four quarterback hits, three were all by Buckner. So other than the pass rush, I can't imagine playing a, a, a better defensive game. Uh, Fitzgerald, Mr. Um, Notorious Niner Killer, only had two receptions for 35 yards. Johnson was held to 55 yards on 18 carries. And Rosen only threw for 170 yards and only had 10 completions. They had as many t- uh, first downs as they did completions. Uh, how did you look at at the de- defensive uh, game yesterday? Oh, I thought the defense obviously played pretty much lights out. I hate to use the term when obviously you end up losing, but uh, I thought the defense obviously put the put themselves and the team in a position to win. And uh, as we all know, and uh, I hate to kind of get straight to the point, I mean, five turnovers, I don't care that the Cardinals are 0-4. I've been pretty much telling everybody, the gaps in the NFL are pretty small now. By what I mean by that, like, yeah, I'm not saying the 0-4 Cardinals were good as a 4-0 Rams. Obviously, that's not the best example to use. But I'm just saying the talent gaps between the teams are not that overwhelming where it's like, oh, they're they're 0-4, they're absolute trash. Like, no, the Cardinals have a lot of talent. Uh, Long story short, yeah, I thought the defense played great. I mean, the the thing about it is, if if I read you this, so let me read you the stats right here. The Niners had 92 plays to the Cardinals 49. We outgained them 447 yards to 220. We got 33 first downs to their 10. We had we uh, it was pretty much double time of possession. I didn't exactly write that down. If I tell yeah. you that. And, and and don't tell you five turnovers. You think we dominate this game? Big time, big time. I'm I'm watching over and the, that's kind of the highlights most right now. Just to kind of refresh my memory. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just the the offense. Now, don't get it don't get it wrong. I mean, we ran out of those 92 plays. We had um, obviously four penalties. I'm assuming that they're they're discounting the four penalties in this. But we had a 34-54 run split. And I think that's showing Kyle Shanahan's aggressive nature because we weren't – I mean, you got to think, for the majority of this game, this was only an eight-point game. So it wasn't like, you know, we were down – like in Kansas City where we were down by 14 points and we had to throw it in the air. 
if you yes. could go on the turning point is um I specifically wrote this down. Brita had eight fifty six yards on eight carries before he got hurt. That's uh we ended up finishing with hundred and forty seven rushing yards. The rest of the game. So you figure that they clearly losing Brita was an effect. Um I wanted to also get your opinion on trade Pierre Gerson or keep him. If I mean, shoot, remember, I think when uh, as soon as Jimmy went down after the Chiefs game, we were kind of yeah. talking and discussing that about, you know, possibly exactly. calling out if there's any possible suitors for Garcon because it's not because Pierre's not good. And obviously I still think, you know, he's the type of wide receiver that next week he's just going to have an amazing game and just bounce right back. Obviously he's been a little disappointed by the few drops. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm just thinking about, once again, just getting more snaps for the young guys. You know, if we're going to be all in 2019 essentially, and obviously that is going to be the goal for the last foundation setting year with the circumstance that we're dealing with, then, yeah, if there's a possible suitor, obviously Richie, Richie James, excuse me, um, as far as stats go, I mean, obviously he ended up starting at the X, as we all know, due to Marquise Goodwin being out. Um, ended up only having that one grab for seven for seven yards, so uh, wasn't used a whole lot. Um, Kendrick ended up getting four grabs, thirty-three yards. Trent Taylor finally had a solid game, made that huge, huge yeah, was, touchdown grab. Yeah, I was going to say that with his stats, with Trent Taylor's stats. Um, did you have those in front of you by any chance? Yep. What he ended yep. up. I got the box score. As far as. Yeah, six. What was, sorry, uh, yeah, seven grabs, 61 yards, one touchdown. Um, you, Juice obviously had a huge game yesterday as well. Kittle did yeah. his thing and led the, yeah, yeah. led the team in yards again. But, uh, yeah. That, from Trent Taylor, you said the seven grabs, uh, 56 yards and a TD. That's. Seven um, grabs, 61 yards. Yeah, so grab 61 yards in the TD. I'll take that all day from Trent Taylor. Yeah, I think that, um, good to finally see him emerge. It's disappointing that, you know, we have still yet to have a receiver go over 70 yards. But I think that it's Trent Taylor is clearly not your number one 12 target. It's the thing that I'm down on Pierre Grisson about is I'm not going to so much get into the, oh, we're paying him the big bucks and everything like that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that I think that was a respect contract. I think Shanahan did that to show that, you know, he respects Pierre Gerson and, and, you know, I'm not looking so much as pay grade as, as, as production, but what worries me is he had, I have it written down right here, five receptions, for 47 yards, but on 12 targets. And, yes, you know, he, he, he sucked it up the second half when he was clearly injured. Um, he sucked it out up the second half when he was clearly injured. But I'm tired of hearing about Pierre's toughness and how he sucks it up and how he blocks his ass off, and I'm tired of not seeing the production on the field. And if – this year is – I'm not really quite ready to fold in the towel this year and, and say, you know, first of all, just because I don't feel there's a there's not a suck-for-luck type of player in this year's draft just because I don't see anybody besides quarterback that's going to take number one overall. 
Uh, maybe okay. Nick Bosa, but um, yeah. I don't really see anybody that's just screaming, you have to take this guy number one overall. So, right. also, I, I think this this <clears throat> this was this, um, as far as right now, this is a step back for the team. We we have uh, it, it's it's clear to say some players have regressed. Adrian Colbert's regressed. You know, I so but that's okay. That's fine. You know, it's a process. I think that Jimmy clearly and and the the five game winning streak and everything caused us to over evaluate some some talent possible possibly, and so. Like Adrian Colbert, I think is 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 Adrian Colbert's a nice backup safety. He's and I understand he's young, but you know he's a he's a nice backup safety. But I mean, you, are we already folding in the towel and saying he's a career backup already? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I think it, it, he's young and raw. I'm not, I'm not going to say after five games of his second year. Oh my God, he's a bust. But this, this. Year to me is, and this doesn't mean, but, but because at the end of the day, players can play as well as you want. I mean, look at CJ had over 300 yards that's at the end of the day. He had 300 yards at the end of the day, but yeah. stats don't mean anything. It's about did you get that dub or not. So to me, yeah. it's about going and I don't want one question about the roster this year. I want to be able to definitely go into next year. And I think that will obviously lead to wins because, you know, the the better the team plays and, and the, the, the better the talent, obviously, the, the more wins. And I still stick by to what I said in the beginning of the year when we kind of did our, our preview show that I think that we'll be a team that plays better at the end of the year. And I still don't underestimate that five game. The fact we don't leave the West Coast for the last five games, but this year, I want to go into this year saying, do we need, realistically? I don't want to hear about potential. I don't want to see projections. I want to know. Yeah. If Adrian Colbert is going to be on third team. Start or not. Yeah. Is Adrian Colbert going to be our starting free safety next year? Yeah? Okay, cool. I'm down for that. Let's roll. Okay, that's fine. And write out the, you know, write out the rough patches and, and growing pains and, you know, all that type of stuff. I understand that we're – a fairly young roster. I was talking to my nine brother Keith at the meet and greet at San Pedro Market on Saturday, and I was telling him, realistically, why did this year, why did the expectations we had going into this season happen? Because of Jimmy, obviously, because we got Jimmy Garoppolo. So if you – Look back at 2017 before Jimmy G. Cool. There was no reason to believe that 2018 was going to be a playoff year. I mean, re- realistically, right? I mean, let me know if I'm out well, all my wits. But before Jimmy G. Cool started as a quarterback, did you feel that this team was going to be a playoff team in 2018? With without Jimmy in the picture, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Before before Jimmy started, or even before we traded him, were you yeah. watching the 2017 Niners, what, nine weeks into the season, thinking that, oh, yeah, this is a team that's going to push for the playoffs next year? Uh, Actually, yeah, I did have that mindset of belief because oh. if we never had traded for Jimmy, I was all in that and pretty much assured. I thought we were going to get Kirk Cousins for sure if Jimmy never gets involved too. in the picture. So that's why I projected us to go to the playoffs this year. Okay, touche. I'll I, I agree. Basically, 
the the point being, the point I'm basically trying to make is if you're saying right by CJ, then no, I wouldn't put my money on it that we would have been a playoff team. How about that? Exactly. So without basically having our franchise quarterback, who at the time before Jimmy G cool, I was like you, I thought it was a done deal. Kirk Cousins was going to be a Niner next year. You know, and I thought yep. the only reason he wasn't a Niner last year was just because what Washington was asking for him was ridiculously high for a player that we needed to get done. Exactly. Yep. We, 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 it, last year, you know, if you could put a gun to your head, are they satisfied with 6-10? and 10? Obviously not, but, you know, I, I think that they, they they knew that that wasn't going to be a playoff team next, last year. So they, they were like, look, we're not going to give you a first, our first our number two overall pick for a, a quarterback we'll be getting free agency next year. That's not going to happen. Exactly. So, yeah. Basically, my point being, without Jimmy – with, without Jimmy, this is this is not a team that you would expect. Without this is not a team that you would expect to go to the playoffs without Jimmy or a franchise court, Kirk Cousins, you know that type of quarterback. So I'm not saying that it can't happen, but right. coming out tomorrow or Wednesday, I'll have my blog. But this is to me, what needs to happen is is, is players need to step up. CJ, it was very clear yesterday. I'm not going to say that CJ played bad. I'm not going to say he played good. Um, the only turnover I really solely put on him was the scoop and score. You've got to have more presence, and, and you can't just let the ball get knocked out of your hand like that with the game on the line. Because needless to say, we were only down, you know, two points at that time. You you can't right. let that happen. You got to be more. But the clear thing is I saw – I remember a very distinct throw. I saw it happen right in front of me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember a very distinct throw where the defender was on the route and was clearly breaking through the ball. CJ still still threw it, and he was actually lucky that it wasn't picked. And – Right then and then, I looked at to my to my right, and I looked at Miss Debbie, and I said, "It's very clear that that CJ is not Jimmy G. Cool. Yeah, I think Jimmy right. really completed that pass just because of the velocity and the quick release." So, hey, so can I something in really fast. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. With, 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 with the limitation, somebody who's only had like five or six career starts yesterday by doing those good things, but like those small things that ended up going a long ways. Obviously, ended up being the issue. He kind of played like a young. I think he showed a lot of promise yesterday. In my own personal opinion, but obviously the mistakes were huge. You know, to kind of you know take all the the good focus off of him, I should say. But you know, we got to remember put things in perspective. That was like his fifth or sixth start. Six yeah, no, CJ's. Look, there's nothing to. I'm saying that I, this is the way I look at CJ. Is tell me somebody that's going to be available. I just to throw that in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the way I look at CJ is, and and this will get me to my point is, okay, tell some, tell me somebody that's going to be as better than CJ better, than as be better than CJ better that's available right now for a reasonable price. Tell me somebody that's better right now. Than no, I'm just just say right. <laughs> But for a reasonable price, you're not going to trade a second-round pick. You're probably not even going to trade a third-round pick 
for for a quarterback right now when you know you're going to get Jimmy yeah. back next year. You know, so TJ's name perfect. me a quarterback you that want you to can give call. Spotlight. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, but if, 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 if this is what I'm about is that you're not going to get a quarterback that's better than C.J. Beathard right now, available right now to start Monday against Green Bay. It's not going to happen. No. So there's nothing that I've seen that makes me feel that C.J. can't be a capable backup next year. I was just looking strictly at his next year. I'm not looking, you know, in the future. Is he eventually going to replace Jimmy? You know, is he not? I'm not looking at that right now. Yeah. I'm, well, here's another I'm just strictly looking at next year. to start him. Another yeah, reason is yeah, – yeah, yeah. You want to try I to, think to build up value. Start- like, you never know if he tears it up just enough where you can possibly go ahead and trade him for two third-round picks or something along those lines. You know what I mean? So that's, like, even more of a reason exactly. to give him those re- the rest of the year to showcase himself. And to be honest, once again, I hate to bring this up so early, um, at the end of the year, like, everybody knows 49ers easily could have been 4-1 right now. But as I love to say, yeah. if ifs and buts with candies and nothing, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But – being one and four instead at the end of the year, I mean, once again, let's just say, let's just assume the 49ers end up with the top three, top five pick. We're going to look back on these losses and we'll be like, well, I'm sure it's had, I'm sure it's held glad that we ended up losing those, those, those games now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, at the end of the year, I think it's difficult now because if you're like myself, if, if you're like myself, you find it difficult to throw in the towel with 11 games left. You know, when, when especially when I seen this team. Now, mind you, obviously we know the quarterback's different. But when I seen this team go five and zero at the end of last year, right. you know, they, 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 so and with some winnable games on the schedule. I mean, we should beat the Giants. We should beat the Traders. You know, we we I still think we we should at least split in Seattle. Um, before. What is your projection kind of for that five-game stretch right now? Exactly. I mean, well, look at this. Look at this five-game stretch at the end of the year. You've got Denver, two games against Seattle. As this, this is not in any particular order, but you've got Denver, Seattle, and and Chicago at home. You go to LA, and you go to Seattle. I think that. Splitting between Seattle, which is a very realistic possibility, that's one. Chicago, with the addition of Khalil Mack, obviously looks a little bit more like a tough, tougher game than we thought at the beginning of the year. But, you know, that's a winnable game. You've got Denver. I don't see us winning. Denver's a winnable game. I don't think – there's anything that just makes me think that, oh, my God, you know, we just stand no chance. And then you figure by week 17, let's just theoretically say that, you know, the Yams have the division wrapped up by then. It would be a scenario like it was last year. That's a very winnable game. That's three three out of five right there. That puts us at four wins. You want to get to a seven and nine, eight and eight record. That's another four wins sprinkled throughout the next goal? six weeks. Seven and nine, Is eight that your and eight. Right now? I think that that would be reasonable. If you told, if you said throughout the year we would be without Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida's missed time, and and from what I heard, he might very well miss the game against Green Bay. 
Finley's going to miss time. McGlinchey's going to miss time. Uh, West um, Richburg's going to miss time. Pettis is going to miss time. Colbert's going to miss time. Sherman's going to miss like, – you, you see the list that I'm going down of the players that have missed time just in the first five weeks? And yeah. then you and, and Jimmy I mean, Garoppolo's shit. gone for the year? Not just, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo missed three, four games. Jimmy Garoppolo's gone for the year? Eight and eight is – I'm taking that to the bank. Eight and eight, that means that my football team was able – Without our franchise quarterback, the man who – the reason that so much faith was put into this season was, was because of Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. We lost him for majority of the year, not even like half it. We're talking about a good majority of the year. I'll give – I'll say four games just because it was the last drive of the Kansas City game. But that's 12 games that were without our franchise quarterback. Within those 12 games, we were able to pull out seven wins. That that you know what that tells me? That tells me that, that, that well, no, I'm saying seven wins because we were one and three going in after Kansas City. So if we got to eight and eight, that'd be seven wins. But the way I look at it is that tells me that the roster's going in a positive direction. You can't win a championship on Jimmy G Cool alone. Let's get that right. Uh, nobody has bigger faith in number ten than me. I believe that's why I made the song Jimmy is our king. He will win us our sixth ring. And on that day, the faithful will sing Jimmy is our king. I fully believe that he will win us ring number six, but he can't do it by himself. And if we're able to scrape out seven wins without him, that tells me the rest of the roster isn't as far as off as we think. I think sure. that people need to understand it's not like Adrian Colbert started the first game of the year last year. So I, I'll, no. I'll be able to, on next week's show, We'll go ahead and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. I was, I was saying that Corbett yeah. doesn't even have 10 starts under his belt. Exactly. Exactly. You know, how many starts to start with he So, Probably, actually, I, I brought this up. Season with the injuries. I don't think he has a full no, season. No, he doesn't. Exactly. So, my question is, I I brought this up at the meet and greet to a couple people, and I wanted to bring this up to you, is Jaquasti Tart over Eric Reed. At this point in time, um, Shanahan clearly said they had to make a decision. Do you feel that we made a mistake letting Eric Reed go? Definitely not. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm not going to give you the whole full-blown scouting report on Eric Reed. I personally do like uh, Tart better, all-around better. I think he has a little better range as well at this point in his career. But, uh, you know, (laughs) I don't got to sit here just because I prefer Tart. I don't got to sit here and poop on Eric Reed. I'm happy he got an opportunity. I don't even know what he did yesterday. I know he started, though. Uh, Yeah, pretty much it. But here's another thing I wanted to bring up. We're kind of forgetting the possibility – I mean, we have a lot of possibly uh, impending uh, free agents, and we have guys since we front-loaded contracts that we can possibly get rid of with uh, not too much dead money whatsoever. But the 49ers can go into yeah. the next offseason. We're not a cash-strapped team where you're like, what are the 49ers going to do? We just paid Jimmy, and we're all cash-strapped. You know what I mean? Like, everyone is all flipping out. Um, and, you know, we're scared of possibly like, all right, we got to, you know, do whatever possible kind of thing. Everyone has to step up so we can try to squeak in the playoffs. 49ers can have 80 to $100 million this upcoming offseason, and there's a ton of free agents out there, pretty good amount of pass rush available as well, just in case we don't fall in the, you know, the draft order, that, the promising edge rushers there. Earl Thomas is going to be available. So, hey, Adrian Colbert, if you don't finish the year strong or end up improving, 
Earl Thomas, I mean, we've got Big Sherm. He can easily recruit him, in my own personal opinion, because we have the money as well. So I'm, I'm constantly optimistic. And I obviously we don't like the feeling of losing the way we did yesterday. But like I said, come around April, and when it's come around draft time, we're possibly going to look back. And I think that's what the kind of feeling I'm getting right now. All these shitty-ass losses where, you know, we're 1-4 and could have been 4-1, they could hugely pay off next offseason come around draft time. So, uh you know, I'm not saying, like, be okay with the way we lose, but I'm saying, like, hey, it might be a little blessing in disguise as well. Well, this is the thing about it is I had uh, to, to get on what you said. I had um, – you you know who I'm talking about, but I, I shall keep this, this man that I, I met on Saturday anonymous. But um, let's just say that I met somebody who's pretty high up in the Niner organization. And the conversation I had with him, which was a very real conversation, I didn't feel like I was getting sold, you know, by a man who's trying to get me to buy tickets. I felt like I had a conversation man-to-man with this person. And I was, he was being very true and very honest. And the amount of enthusiasm and belief that he had and just a, hey, we're going to get it done, and, and we're going in the right direction, it, it, it got me fired up. And right. the thing that I think we must understand is, is that, you know, uh, let, let, let's just look back at the last time we had a, a legit roster, you know, the, the, the Harbaugh years, as you, as, you know, we all know. Well, then why did we get Mikey Potty? Why did we get Anthony Davis? Why did we get um, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Frank Gore? Why did we get all – well, we got all these players because we sucked. We got all these sure. players because theoretically the the way that the draft in the NFL is set up is that the garbage teams get the better players so you're not garbage as long. So this is – it sucks this year, but, you know, in three years or two years or next year, whenever we hold up a championship, I doubt that anybody's going to remember we lost – a game in week five yeah. in 2018 that we had no business losing. Like, you know, nobody's going to remember that yeah. Jimmy G. Cool. And that's why people are so disappointed because everybody was so desperate to, to have a winning season and to get back in the playoffs. And we all wanted it, you know, but obviously it was once you do, when you deal with bad circumstances, it's obviously, as we all know, you know, it's how you, how you bounce back from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I know nobody really wants to hear this, but I always just tell everybody right now these days, like, hey, this is like the very last of foundation setting here. Like, act like you're building a house and you're you're literally just, like, making sure no stone is left unturned and going over every little inch of that foundation and ensuring it's going to be strong for the future. Um, I mean, that's, that's the mentality that you have to have right now. Not, I know a lot, not a lot of people like it. Excuse me. But, um, you know, I think things will work out for the better. Once again, come around drop time. You know, maybe Nick Bosa puts on that 49er hat. You'll, you'll look back and be like, you know what? It was a shitty kind of a season. Some bad things happened. But, you know, it all kind of paid off now. Well, I mean, the way I look at it, the, the vibe I got from this man was this wasn't meant to be an easy fix. This wasn't meant to, hey, by 2018, we're going to win the Super Bowl. It, you know, let's be realistically realistic on what happened. Jimmy G. Cool kind of just fell under our laps, and we had no reason to look. I didn't wake up Halloween expecting that we were going to trade for Jimmy G. Cool. What did you? Yep. Then, you know, I mean, it kind of just fell into our lap, and you know, we 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 you know went five and zero, and there was a lot of things that happened that were 
kind of unexpected. I think what happened is, you know, maybe some things evened out. I think that what's not to be underestimated is that a lot of these, the games that we've lost have been close. A lot of these games, like, it, the the frustrating part to me is, and I'm pretty sure, as a matter of fact, I guarantee you I'm not alone in feeling like this, is that a lot of these games last year and this year, there was no point until probably about the scoop and score that I felt there was a, a chance we were going to lose this game. It was okay. just, well, I mean, we, it was only an eight-point game. And so when, whenever a, a game is within eight points, Especially when we brought it back by two. When we brought it, when we were only down by two, you know, even I, I said, okay, bro, we're just going to march downfield and, and it, you know, Robbie's going to put one through and that's just how it's going to be. And um, a little, uh, I, it, it was, it was a very, what Murphy's Law game yesterday. It was very funny because as Robbie was lining up for the field goal that, that snapped the 33 long, um, the 33 made streak, which is a franchise record. Miss um, Debbie said, "Be careful." And she she was yelling out, "Be careful of the wind! Be careful of the wind!" And it's funny because I think that when when the bubble snap obviously didn't help, but I, I the, the 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 wind factor didn't help yesterday. I happened to notice yesterday during the pregame at Empire Row that it was particularly a, a windy. A, a pretty windy day in, in Santa Clara yesterday. I happen to notice that. Uh, we we got about 20 minutes, so um, I think before we get a little bit farther, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, give our game balls. You Cool. Go ahead and, and give out our game balls for the week. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so um, I'm going to go ahead and, and start off. I'll, I'll do one. I'll go let, ahead and let you do one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give one out to uh, Greg Maben. I didn't really particularly – I noticed him a couple times. I know he had a, a pass breakup, but I didn't notice him, which when you're a cornerback, that's pretty – that's not even a pretty – that's a very good thing if you're not really noticed. I mean, Rosen was 10 of 25 yesterday for, like I said, only 170 yards. I don't really felt that we got shredded up. And especially with the lack of pass rush we got on them yesterday, I think a big shout-out is is deserving to, to Greg Maben for his performance. We obviously know what Sherman can bring or, or has at least brought this year. And a lot of times it's been the, the, the player opposite of Sherman getting kind of picked on. But I didn't have that that vibe yesterday from Maven. I don't feel that he. Uh, I felt that he definitely played. I know he split time with Witherspoon, but um, I definitely feel that that he wasn't. There wasn't a regression. There wasn't a drop off. I felt that he he played a very uh, easy game. Good to see. You know, you need you need to have those guys. You know, that kind of sneak up out of left field type of thing. And that that's and those are the, the good positives that you can take away during seasons like this. Who's going to be like that next guy to step up? Who's going to be the guy that takes the next step, step forward? You know, all these things are, you know, obviously pretty crucially important to a 49er fan. So you can be able to go into yeah. next season and kind of feel 
a certain type of way about certain things, you know. And uh, and I totally agree with you as far as your point earlier. We definitely got to make sure we know we, what we pretty much have in everybody this season so that obviously we can attack yeah. the agency in the draft the right way. Exactly. Um, really, just just really quick before I let you get to, to your first uh, game ball is it, it's a, to, to piggyback on, on your point is that, you know, maybe – Maybe Mabin can be a, a, a little bit of a, a a find because the one thing that's 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 been clear with John Lynch and the Lynchahan, I should say, uh, uh, regime, is that they're they're very capable of finding players in the later rounds. I mean, George Kittle, fifth round pick. I mean, George Kittle is going to be a star. DJ Jones, yep. I know that we're both very high on, on DJ Jones. Um, Maybe you'll have to some time. Yeah, exactly. Adrian Colbert, um, even though that, you know, we're both kind of stock, not, you know, solely, we're not saying sell, 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 but we're stocked down on Adrian Colbert, you know, as of yep. today, October 8th. Um, the, 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 even Trent Taylor, I think that you could do a lot less a lot worse as a slot receiver than Trent Taylor. Yeah, Trent Taylor. I mean, we can go down the list. Matt Breda undrafted. Kendrick Bourne undrafted. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think there's still um, – so why don't you go ahead and give away uh, one, one of your game balls? Yeah, I, I got to go with Trent Taylor. It was good to see him have a have a pretty good game yesterday. Kept us in by making that very, very tough grab to uh, the touchdown, though. They, the damn ball looked like it was like an mm-hmm. inch and a half off the ground. So that was a pretty yeah. uh, crucial catch. And, uh, yeah, I got to give it to Trent Taylor. But obviously, you know, I would probably go with George Kittle, but, like, we need him, like, exactly. literally for, like, the whole year. Like, he has to do a little more to get a game ball for me now. But that's because I have such a high expectations for him now as well. Yeah, well with that, and we, we kind of get last week. And so maybe we'll start doing this, you know, next year before the season. But what me and my foster brother used to do is every year we would give kind of a, a Niner player that we would kind of, you know, expect to be kind of a, I don't want to say an unsung hero, but kind of just like under radar, like, Hey, this is my dude for the year. Like he's going to have a big year kind of under the radar. And what we would do yeah. is like back in the day when we started this, you know, we couldn't pick Frank Gore. You couldn't pick Vernon Davis. You couldn't pick Patrick Willis. You know, like you, right, you, right. you can't pick the, so it's kind of like it's almost to that point with George Kittle. It's like, yep. you know what? I'm expecting Kittle to have a big game next week. You know, I I, I honestly I, think I he's think, probably going to lead lead our team in receiving yards probably the rest of the year out. And if he doesn't, I bet you it's probably yeah. going to be falling like two three games. Exactly. I would not be surprised if Kittle leads the team in in, in receptions. Um, so my my second game ball. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to Juice. You know, nice. stepping up, I had, a, had, a, had a big game. I know that very early, I, oh, very early in the game, it was clear that they were going to try to give him in, in the space. And he, he was lining up all over the place. I mean, there was points in time where he was our third down running back. You know, they, I remember one, one play that they actually handed him the ball off. And, you know, I know Lynchahan got a lot of slack last year for as much money as we paid him to, br- to bring him here. But I think that 
as you know the year let's just say the you know 21 games that Shanahan's been our coach you can see how just very crucial juice is to our offense and the bill and what he's able to do and I I remember several running plays where that happened matter of fact the Trent Taylor touchdown happened in the end zone I was sitting in and Juice actually picked up a blitzer. And, I mean, he just took this man head on and no fear. And to me, I love I love Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, there's oh, just, yeah. I always want to get a 44 jersey just because of the things that he's, he's able to do in the versatility. And I think that that's, as we go forward into later years, you're going to see that that's going to be crucial for Shanahan's um, – you know, a Shanahan team is is that versatility, because with him him being the play calling genius that we both agree that he is, he's he's just you know a play calling genius. If you give him pieces that can do multiple things, I think that he. I even saw Juice split out as a receiver in a formation. It uh, we got a false start on the formation, oh, yeah. so we didn't get a chance to see what he was what, you know, Shanahan was thinking about doing with that formation, but, you know, Juice definitely gets the... He's done before as well, and that's the thing that people didn't, like, obviously properly understand about Juice. Like, if they want to bring up the money, that literally, like, I'm not trying to call him an idiot, but, I mean, uh, it just really makes you question their football knowledge because the point why it does make Juice valuable for the money that he's getting, which is, once again, what are we talking about here? Like, four and a half million dollars? Like, you know, like... He's not getting paid like $10 million a year, but the reason why the money is worthwhile is because he's able to flex out to the wide receiver. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, as a, as a wide receiver. As we've seen him, he can make yeah. tough grabs. He has that borderline sub-4-5 speed, and he can run around like a tight end. You can line them up at tight end. I mean, there's just countless stuff you can do with them. So, literally, he's like four players in one kind of a deal. Um, and then, exactly. You know, these are the times. He's he's quarterback. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, he's our emergency quarterback. I was just trying to make that little tidbit yep. real quick. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That counts for a roster spot. But, uh, yeah, and he's yeah. the type of player, too. Like, we deal with all these injuries. You can you can focus on him more and get him more involved by scheming him open, or he's the guy that's going to absolutely kill you, assuming, like, let's just say we were full-blown healthy. He's the guy that would kill you because you're focusing yeah. on so much of the other stuff that he's going to obviously just, you know, take advantage of that. Well, if if you before we go ahead and get your 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 last uh, game ball for the week, if you look at at when this is all built and Shanahan says, okay, I have what I want, Juice is going to be the type of player that you're going to see his production really skyrocket because you know we'll have a receiver, we'll have you know that running back out the backfield, we'll have George Kittle, we'll have all these pieces that you can't cover everybody, and I think no. Juice will really, really show his value then because, you know, yep. nobody's going to focus on the fullback. I thought and he showed his value yesterday team. by, once again, oh, yeah, of course, somebody of course. to step That's up. Show his value. But, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so um, second game ball for, for you. Second game ball, you know. Sorry to kind of go over the stats again so I can cheat a little bit. Yeah. But uh, Alfred Morris very quietly had a solid game, I thought. Um, 18 carries, yeah. 61 yards, 3.4 average, but key, three grabs for 30 yards, so 91 scrimmage yards for Alfred Morris, who uh, came off the street like a month and a half ago. You know, I think Alfred Morris, 
it's it, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Very solid game. We had too. Yeah, for 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 the role that he is asked to play, because it it was very clear that we were going to attack Arizona's edges, and we just lost the 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 threat of being able to attack the edges once we lost Brita. That's just simply not the that's not a knock on Morris. I'm not calling him slow or anything like that, but he's just not the player Brita is. You know, he's he's not going to get to the the outside edges. He, he's more in a, a a tackle. So, you know, I think that for his role and for losing Brita, you know, and, and him ask obviously asked to play more of an important role. I think, yeah, yeah I, would, I would totally agree with your game ball. No problem saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, and, and maybe some might say we're reaching a little bit for these game balls, but in a game yeah. like yesterday where the offense was pretty pretty stagnant for a lot of the game, it's kind of, you know, we, we kind of have to reach maybe a little bit, but, right. you sure know, for, for – I just didn't want to – Well, I mean, there was a lot of people – high-profile player in there, you know. Well, yeah, and I think that, that, that you know – it's what I think people don't understand is that everybody has a role in the football team when everybody's healthy and you go in the season. And so let's say that let's just call it 90 snaps or 40, 40, 88 snaps. That's 44 snaps. If if you divide it in half. So let's say out of the 88 snaps, let's say Morris was going to, Brita was supposed to play 44 snaps. Well, all of a sudden now, with Brita out, now all of a sudden those 44 snaps have to get divided up. And now maybe you count Morris to play 22 snaps. Well, now instead of Morris playing 44 snaps, he's now playing 66 snaps. And so that's what the importance of the depth and I think why one of the biggest, besides obviously the production that he had, is why I salute your game ball for Alfred Morris because it's not easy. You're going in, you see yep. the role, and you're now asked to play a bigger role, and you're you know, now there's more of a wear and tear on you and everything. And I think clearly what you could see what the Niners are trying to do is not only with their different styles, obviously, but I think they're trying to, to do the running back committee because they're trying to limit snaps. You know, they're not trying to have Matt Breida play – 60 snaps. You know, they right. kind of say that, hey, Matt Breida's, Matt Breida's most productive when he can come in on on very limited snaps. The more he wears down, the less productive he's going to be. The more snaps he gets, the less productive he's going to be. And I think that's why everybody's be able so to many... actually fully, fully, pretty much, I mean, what I'm pretty much trying to say is too bad we haven't seen him fully healthy to be able to truly diagnose if he's able to get more more, more snaps. Yeah. You know what I mean. So uh, it's been a little tough, but I, I think like a big he's a little yeah. better going in when maybe the defenses are a little more tired out, or you know somebody like Morris or somebody like that's pounding him, and then he then you kind of throw him in there to change it up, something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think what really what you saw in that twenty-one play drive, and what I really look forward to seeing if Frida can get healthy is that the effect it's going to have on a long drive. You know, you got Morris and pounding and pounding and pounding. And let's say we get on another – I don't think we'll get on another 21-play drive, but let's say we go on a 12-play drive. 
Can you imagine, you know, your your dog's tired, you've been out there for 12 plays, and now all of a sudden here comes a parade off the edge or in space? Exactly. And I think exactly. that's what you're really going to say is that, is that, you know, and the the thing is we'll get into it a little bit more. Or before we get into that, let me go ahead and announce this. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to go ahead and make sure you definitely tune in next week. We're going to be going ahead and um, – I have to definitely get confirmation, but I believe we're going to be able to do a two-hour pregame next week. Awesome. So we're going to be able to have, since Niner Faithful Radio is on at Monday at 3 p.m., and that's going to pretty much be during when pregame would knock it off, bro. I'm on air. So the ability to – we're pretty much going to be kind of doing a pregame show anyway. There's going to be no game to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and do the the, uh, pregame style. Did you, Adam, did you want to go ahead and do uh, Packers offense versus our defense and I can kind of cover our offense versus their defense? Yeah, like as far as like their weapons right now, as far as like a little pregame matchup, are you talking about for next week? We'll get into that next week, but I figured that okay. if we're going to have a two-hour show, it'll be yeah. Oh, yeah. Focus in on the little offense a little more, and you can kind of attack me with the defense. That'd be cool. Another thing I was thinking about yeah, too. Yeah. Hey, the Packers had a you know a, a game that they were supposed to win yesterday to the Lions, who we ended up beating, and uh, you know they they got their butt slapped pretty good too. So I mean they're not all high and mighty, you know, to face us this upcoming Monday. So uh, I re- I don't have any expectations whatsoever for the game. Obviously, I always want to see a good oh, entertaining game. But uh, hey, that'll be a really sweet one. And just I mean, hey, a victory over the Packers. That that always feels pretty damn good. I think man, right. If you you this is the way I look at it is you know how how sometimes like like you remember in 2015 when we beat the the Falcons and it was just like one of those games we uh, yeah. had no, uh, it was um oh what was that running back name Marcel Harris oh, I do remember that it game was I remember Harris. asking some other fans I'm like what does this win even mean for us today it's like I have no idea but 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 but, but it's it, it's not just you you just have that one random game that you have no business winning and you end up winning and yeah. I think that could be that game for Green Bay. Uh, hey, depending you're, you're on, totally right about that, especially with the young team. Depending you know how young on get. exactly depending on health, um, you know, Prita being up, you know, is is Keith gonna play? You know, is the extra extra day gonna help him? And and you know, being able to have yesterday off. You know, there, there'll, there'll be a couple factors sure. that, that you know, we, we need to have the victory. But I think it's – I'm not going in to – I'll put it to you this way. Um, I, I talked to some people after the game at the row yesterday, and, and some of the sentiment was we have no chance. And I'm definitely not going into next week thinking, oh, my God, we're going to dominate. We have no shot in hell. No, we have a very – if we ha- handle business – we we do have a shot to upset Green Bay, and you know, one one win leads into two, leads into three, leads into four, and you you, you never know what could happen. For sure, and uh, yeah, once again, like I made up the point as far as a young team, you know, sometimes young teams just play out of their mind, you know, just to go ahead and possibly pull off that upset, you know, that signature win. What all the lights are on Monday Night Football, they know everybody, their family, friends, everybody's watching. So uh, 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe the Packers take us for granted a little bit. You know, maybe they don't give us a proper respect. You know, our defense, once again, you know, besides, if you take out four quarters, you know, you take out a – I mean, if you, you got to remember, against the, the Vikings and the Chiefs, obviously the Chiefs probably have the best, arguably the best offense in the league. But we played, obviously, for one of the halves, we sucked, but the other half was pretty good against those teams. All I'm trying to say is I'm not saying take out those those bad halves, but I think for for the circumstances being faced this year, I thought the defense has done a relatively good job, and uh, the Packers' offense right now is kind of sputtering a little bit from what I'm hearing, what I heard earlier as well. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know what I mean? You can't move around as good. That's always good for us. The thing to be encouraged, this is what makes this year this frustrating, is that the thing to be encouraged about is the offenses look good. The defenses look good. Special teams have looked good at times. But what we have failed to do is to have a game where the offense, defense, and special teams puts it all together for one game. And so um, we'll we'll be looking forward to getting that – go ahead and getting into that more next week. Um, We're pretty much out of time, so I'm going to go – we're going to go ahead and and say – Deuces till next week, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. I really appreciate it. Hey. Always always a pleasure. Always fun. Uh, and uh, Thank you for having me on again. No problem. Looking, really looking forward to next week, bro. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. It should be fun. Stay strong, faithful. It's all good, baby. Yes, sir. All right, Adam. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, make sure to go to SeatGiant.com. Use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio for all your ticket purchases. Go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead and try to work on the confirmation for the two-hour show next week. I'll go ahead and um, probably be able to announce that pretty quick here. So, matter of fact, Farmer, if you're messaging, listening, um, message me, let me know. I'm like, four torpedoes in, so I'm surprised I made it to the show. Uh, so... Until next week, I shall say peace, faith, and happiness. Go Niners.